And so, hello and welcome to another episode of Loose Cannon. This week, we are going to be talking about the Lightfall Showcase that we just had. Um, has it been two weeks since the showcase? Yeah. yeah. Man, crazy. Uh, Lightfall Showcase, and we're going to be watching a bunch of it live um, together. And Rhino, I'll share it with you like we've done before. Um uh, we're going to watch it live so we can pause and, and comment because there's a bunch of little things that, you know, you might have missed when you were watching it yourself that we might notice. And uh, maybe you can go back and look for it yourself as well. Yep. So how have things been? It's been it's actually been a while since we did a show because of just life getting in the way. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's been crazy. Um, I've just been I've been working a lot lately. This yeah. whole summer has just been crazy think um you know just in real in terms of real life the economy has gotten into the point where people are trying to hurry up and spend the money before they you know <laughs> before they're caught by surprise at the end of the year so yeah. last year was not like this at all this year is just something different it's a whole different animal i think with you know the way things are out there right now people are just snatching up everything they can everything they can before prices get crazy or before opportunity disappears i guess your your audio is kind of kind of going up and down a bit oh weird i didn't it wasn't doing that when we checked it but it's doing it now bet you it's i'll bet you it's discord good old discord Mm. um i can can mess with it yeah well we've got we've got uh two weeks in to uh season of the plunder now because the showcase came out and then season of the plunder came out immediately after it season of the plunder so far immediately after it uh very cool yes yes it has um very cool i I definitely like that we're getting we're getting back to that fun that we had uh i i mean proving grounds is stale now but i Mm. i I equate this to what it was like when Proving Grounds was brand new. It was a lot of fun like that. Yeah, Proving Grounds was fun. I, 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 I did a lot in the first week, and uh, the second week I haven't even like done anything because I've been sick most of the week. I'm still kind of coming off of it, so if I start coughing and it's coughing bad, I'm sorry for anyone having to listen. <laughs> I'll try to figure out a way to mute myself. I guess I can just hit this right here. That's only if it's up. Um but yeah, uh, have you gone? Have you gone into uh, King's Fall? No, no, I haven't done that yet. King's Fall is really good. Yeah, did I'm really glad they brought it back. Touch of Malice. I did. I, I nice. so I've run I've run two King's Falls because I only basically play my hunter, and I ran the first week, and then I ran uh, one yesterday. We just I just got lucky with my clan, and so uh, cool. I'd seen on Twitter in the maze section after Golgarath. You know, you basically go through and you go, you go up and you go right and you go left and you go left and you go right. And then there's like this second to last intersection where you go right and you, you keep going straight. So it's, if you were to work your way back, the second to last hole that's at that intersection where you go right, someone posted that if you jump in that hole, you get good luck for touch of malice. And my plan was like, <laughs> my clan was like, where are you going? And I'm like, well, I saw this thing. And they're like, that's stupid. And, <laughs> you know, I got touch of malice 
So that's awesome. Don't forget to jump in the Did hole. Did anybody else? Did no, anybody else get No touched? one else got it. I was the only one. <laughs> that's so great. Two runs, man. Two runs and I got it. That's so great. Hey, did you see that did you see that somebody figured out how Touch of Malice works with other weapons of sorrow? Yeah, that's awesome. I'm I'm Yeah. I, I spoke about that on Twitter actually. Um my my hopes for uh like the future of Destiny, like what they can do. It's like I would love to see a future where we don't need to see our weapons be elements that we wield. And it's like weapon of sorrow yeah. is because everyone thought the weapon of sorrow energy type was going to be the new power we got in Lightfall, right, we were, Queen, and then Lightfall. Yeah, we were definitely taken by surprise, weren't we? Yeah, and you know, everyone's like, "Oh, it's going to be green because yeah. weapon of sorrow Fair. and etc." And bolt, and then Thorn's going to get it, and Osteo's going to get it, and etc. Yeah. going to get it. None of them got it. Strand is coming instead, as we're going to see in the showcase, and it's just like. But at the same time, Touch of Malice gives a buff to Weapons of Sorrow. And it's like, well, then how does anyone know that? Who's to know what a Weapon of Sorrow is? And it's like, maybe make a Weapon of Sorrow weapon, weapon type, not a subclass, a weapon type. It's exclusive to weapons. And it's like, okay, this exotic buffs Weapons of Sorrow, this exotic armor piece, or this weapon introduces a buff for weapons of sorrow or these enemies are especially weak to weapons of sorrow and then you can do siva and you can do like taken energy because i'm assuming we're not going to get a taken energy some class anymore that's that's just kind of where my mind is at after seeing strand and it's like so then you have like malfeasance and wither horde which are like taken energy and it's like there there's another one for you and this can this can get a little muddy because of how we have the kinetic and energy slot, but the kinetic slot is getting the darkness subclasses, and it's just like just get rid of it all. Have slot one, slot two, kinetic can go in either. If you want to rock double kinetic for whatever fucking reason you want to rock double kinetic, you can you can do that. And it's there you go, double kinetic, double special, your choice, and we we free up the slots. That's that's my hope. You know, it, it's crazy the loadouts you can do now. It is. And that's part of the reason why I think King's Fall is so great right now. Because, like, in D1, I I didn't do a lot of King's Fall, but the amount that I did, I was kind of like, I'm over this. Like, I, it, it was very inactive. It was very, stand here, don't worry about the ads. Other people will worry about the ads. These people stand up there, and they do their thing inside their bubbles. And it's just like, it was a lot of like stationary motion, except for the one person who does the things. And I think it wasn't even random in D1. It was, it was by choice. You choose to be the runner and either way you choose to be the runner, but now it's, it's, it's random. And with your abilities and your weapons and everything, it's just kind of like, yeah, just this is this is your zone. You just kind of police your zone. You have your ogre, you have your knight, and then if it's you, you run, and if it's not you, you might have to get on your plate. And it's you know like the you just got to know what to do, and you just go out and do it. And it was it, it's 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 a really fun raid. How about the clamber though? The clamber. I haven't <laughs> even needed the clamber. Really? Yeah, and that now you're getting robot. What is up with your audio? Oh, I don't know. 
You, you came back. Your 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 audio was like stable, and now you're a robot. Like it wasn't it wasn't going up and down, but now you're a robot. But I haven't even needed clamber, and it is crazy because I used to like lightweight weapon max mobility that you could get because it used to be in your subclass of what mobility you can get. Remember that it was like you pick this, and it's like it gives you mobility. Mobility wasn't on your armor, and hunters just could not make those jumps and it was like very yeah. tight and now it's just like yeah i'm jumping just like everyone else used to so yeah that was my biggest frustration back in the day was not being able to jump yeah i was like you you can make the jump but you can only jump on this corner here everyone else is like jumping anywhere on the ship and they've got like four feet of, of the most like, gap the most frustrating for me as a hunter is when your button press counts as two jumps. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah. when you go to do the, yeah. you go to do the jump and it's like deleted the first jump and now you only have two jumps and you're not going to make it now. Nope. <laughs> All right. Well, how about we get into the lore card and then we can get into the showcase. Let's do it. All right. So um, this week's lore card, it, it's basically, you know, it, it, I chose it because, you know, seasonality, it's very topical right now. And people just got it because, um, you know, the new the new season, which we're going to talk about. So, it's the Charge of Light, which is uh, a sparrow. And it's pretty cool looking. The aesthetic, immediately when you look at it, you can see that it's, it's almost like a cobbled together pirate type of elixir theme house light emblem is on the top of it uh, and then some drifter leather <laughs> and then uh, you can see the spikiness and stuff like that so um, just off the bat it's kind of cool looking and then the flare text is boldly into the jaws of death and so at first when I saw charge the light I was like hmm this is probably nothing you know I just thought well this probably doesn't have any meat but quite the contrary when you read the flavor text, you immediately know what it's about because it's a poem, a famous poem, by Alfred Lord Tennyson. Um, this poem has been recited like a billion times in history and used as, you know, just, I don't know, just everywhere. Uh, but at the gist of it is uh, a celebratory poem about the self-sacrifice and heroism of a British cavalry unit and its cavalrymen suggesting that bravery consists of doing one's duty even when it leads to almost certain death. So that's a synopsis of what the poem's meaning is. And, you know, to get into the meat of the, the poem, it's uh, it was written by Lord Tennyson uh, in response to a, a famous battle that happened during the Crimean War. It was uh, basically a suicide mission of sorts that they had done. Um, but if we got time, I'd like to read it real quick. Uh, yeah, I mean, I suppose we do. Okay. okay. So I'll just, I'll be quick and I won't put my flair on it or anything. Um, Charge of Light Brigade by Alfred Lord Tennyson. Half a league, half a league, half a league onward, all in the valley of death, rode the 600. Forward the Light Brigade, charge the, for the guns, he said. Into the valley of death rode the 600. 
forward, the light brigade. Was there a many dismayed? No, though so the soldier knew, someone had blundered. There's not to make reply, there's not to reason why, there's but to do and die. Into the valley of death rode the six hundred. Cannon to the right of them, cannon to the left of them, cannon in front of them, volleyed and thundered, stormed at the shot and shell. Boldly they rode and well, into the jaws of death, into the mouth of hell, rode the six hundred. Flashed all their sabers bare, flashed as they tummed in air, sabering the gunners there, charged an army while all the wonder world wondered, plunged into the battery smoke, right through the line they broke, Cossack and Russian, reeled from the saber stroke, shattered and sundered, they rode back, but not the six hundred. Cannon to the right of them, cannon to the left of them, cannon behind them, Volleyed and thundered, stormed with the shot and shell, while horse and hero fell. They, ha they that had fought so well came through the jaws of death, back from the mouth of hell. All that was left of them, left of six hundred. When can their glory fade? Oh, the wild charge they made. All the world wondered. Honor the charge they made. Honor the light brigade, noble six hundred. So, you know, it's 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 pretty good. Yeah. Pretty good. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> um, so you know, the rhyming and obviously the flavor text shows up there at somewhere in the middle. Uh, Boldly into the jaws of death. death. Yeah. Yeah. And so that's been like a quote that's been used a lot. You know, it's basically saying, you know, that self sacrifice above above all else is most important and showing duty to one's or allegiance to duty is, you know, ever powerful. Um, this particular cavalry, the order was almost suicidal and the brigade was decimated in the charge, the charge of the light brigade. It, it's about the self-sacrifice, those cavalrymen, um, hmm. success, su basically suggesting that the bravery consists of doing one's duty, even when it leads to almost certain death. Uh, so, though they were surrounded by cannons, gunshots, and artillery shells, they rode straight through the Valley of Death. Uh, the unit charged an entire army and broke through the enemy line, and the Russian troops were caught by surprise, and the cavalrymen cut through them with their swords. So, you can imagine this basically, this line of cavalrymen, and then the Russians on the other side, and there's a standoff, and you know people are just waiting for someone to do whatever they do. This cavalryman just stormed through, yeah. and so the Russians are like, "We we haven't been told to do anything yet," and so they make it over there, and they just start cutting and slashing with their swords, and then obviously the Russians are like, "Holy crap!" You know, w w maybe we should start firing back. So they start firing back, and then the cavalrymen start rushing back, you know, to return back to the line. So hmm. the the this is a very real thing that happened. Um, so when they ran back, the cannons, the cannons were firing behind them. They took on heavy fire, uh, gunshots and artillery shells, and most of the six hundred of these heroes and their horses died uh, as a casualty of that line. Um, but here's where it gets interesting. So the line into the jaws of death, into the mouth of hell, uh, means to be part of a suicidal mission or suicide mission of sorts. Um, it suggests that the order to charge may have been a mistake, <laughs> a lapse in judgment, 
And the soldier, the soldiers even know this, but even if their commander doesn't. Um, and so none of the cavalrymen object. And instead, they respect their place in, with the military hierarchy and basically say, well, you know, it's not their job to come up with orders, but to execute them, right? Yeah. Um, and that's that's the line that's in the poem where it says, there's not to make reply, there's not to reason why, there's but to do and die. And so, you know, that's what that basically means. It's, Jeez. holy crap, this horrible thing happened. Um, you know, the world is watching them. Right, so they're watching these cavalrymen just take off because they got these orders from somewhere, but they're just like willing to accept their fate. Yeah, and so so the jaws of death serve as a symbol for the battlefield battlefield itself and possibly for the horrors of war. And the charge of the light brigade was written in the fall of uh, eighteen fifty four and published just weeks after that cavalry had charged the battle. Balaclava in the Crimean War. Interesting. So that, yeah, and so that that horror scene, that harrowing scene, just the whole thing was like it was very impactful because before military was very, you know, just uniform, you you accept your thing, but it's very structured, right? Historically, yeah. historically, until way later, fights were structured there was regiments there was lines there was officers there was all types of like hierarchy involved and there was a lot of honor as, as to how you would go about engaging in a battlefield and um this was kind of just like just kind of like an eye-opening event for everyone it was like holy crap what uh -huh. the heck just happened you know and, uh, so it just kind of shows you how how crazy war can be sometimes yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. Well, uh, you ready to dive into the showcase? Yeah, let's do it. Okay, I'm going to uh, share my screen with you. You should be able to see it in Discord there. Yep. Like we did last time. Um, and then... So I do you and you. To be here with you again. Last time we got up here, we got a chance to show you Savathun. The Witch Queen and anyone watching and disregard the um, world. text on the bottom, then, I don't know what is with the, the subtitles. You return to the original loot cave to reclaim <laughs> the fabled Gallarhorn. Then you exercise an ancient evil from a hive queen so you could put it inside a grenade launcher. <laughs> and now you've been spending the past few weeks cleansing a derelict Leviathan from its twisted nightmares. In fact, the last year has been the best year we've ever had in the Destiny community. I hope you can feel it as well. And seeing this kind of reaction from our community, it's both humbling and inspiring. Because our team here at Bungie, we're not just developers, we're also guardians. We're trying to build what we'd love to play in Destiny, and that's what brought each one of us here. Brought us not only to Bungie, but also brought all of us to this final showdown between light and darkness. So, Without further ado, this is the beginning of the end. This is Lightfall. It feels like they keep saying it's the beginning of the end. Hey, what is that? So let me know if you ever need to pause. 
So this this is one I was waiting for. Um, I I feel like because in um, last season we kind of had this whole thing about like Callus talking about how he was feeling everyone on his body and his body was the Leviathan, and we see we we see him. They've confirmed this is Callus, I believe, and it's like he's going in. To fucking darkness soup here to get yeah transformed <laughs> he's like he's like bathing in a darkness hot tub yeah <laughs> and it's it's like okay when did this happen did this happen is it like I'm assuming this is a flashback that this isn't like in time with Lightfall but when did this moment happen is is my question because he's That's been a good question. Because it was at the end of season of the haunted that he was like confirmed to be uh, a dis- become a disciple, and so it's like, okay, is this end of season of the haunted, or is this before season of the haunted? And they were like, yeah, we're gonna destroy your body, and then maybe maybe we'll let you live too. Like, wait, what? Like, yeah, and even the witness is there to see it. I've seen that thing a hundred times now, and every time <laughs> I see it, I still kind of get goosebumps. Instantly, I had chills. It's all here. It's all happening now. Things are finally coming to a head. Thematically, we, we really have been honing in on that kind of bombastic, big set piece approach. It's going to be over-the-top action, adrenaline pumping, like, the whole time. This is... And so, um... Here we have the witness with like planets circling around and it looks almost like the travelers in the background, like that's the target. But like right in the front here, is that supposed to be Mars? Yeah, I mean it's red, so you would think Yeah, and it's got this like big sweep of like Yeah, it's almost like a huge darkness. claw yeah. scratched across the surface. But the light is in here. So what does that even mean? Does that mean that the darkness there yeah i i don't know i it feels like a lot of this is going to be like really important going forward so i'm just like trying to 
to point yeah. it out so people have their eyes on it and then maybe when they play it i might miss what this was referencing and someone else can catch it sure this is really kicking off the conclusion to the light and dark saga <laughs> where we finally Sorry. face down this foe that we've been anticipating facing for so long it's pushing it to 11. We've been hinting at this malicious force in the darkness that's been our enemy behind a lot of our conflicts. We revealed that enemy, we put a name on it and put a face on it, and that enemy is the witness. And the witness is coming with its newly empowered disciple, Callus. Callus is really crash landing with a new and more powerful army than ever before. They've got new powers. They've so uh, the Shadow Legion here, um, you might notice the the color schemes on on their like chests here the red blue purple white look still with like callous logos and and it's almost like branching tree uh yeah it's very very reminiscent to some of the uh uh Val of the disciple raid set pieces and uh, a little bit later we're gonna see tormentors and they're gonna have a similar but different but a similar uh color scheme kind of washed on them yeah so the most noticeable thing for like darkness you know pyramid shape type of thingies the whatever they're called monoliths that are like strapped mm -hmm. to their back oh yeah 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 and they have those. like the darkness or the dark darkness is attached to them and so they're carrying it around with them so these are the the five units of like cabal that we we see normally. We have the Colossus, the um, I forgot what the Cleaver guys are, uh, Centurions, Incendiors, and Phalanx, and of course there's Legionnaires. But I mean they can just be they're the exact same thing as as one of these last two guys. They're 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 nothing different. They just don't have a shield or they don't have a flamethrower, and maybe they they just got scrapped because it's like what what's your purpose? Um, <laughs> in the grand scheme you know like what's your purpose sure. because the thing about these and just like the cabal that we see in season of the haunted callus is loyalists when he finally actually did get like they were like with him and they're like he's crazy but we're with him and it was um it was when it was like nope i've confirmed communication with the darkness and they were like all right we're out so <laughs> he made new cabal for season of the haunted and now as a confirmed disciple, as they've said, he's made new, new cabal now tricked out with darkness, strength, right. whatever that will entail. Right. They've got new armor. They've got tormentors to join their ranks that are going to be bigger and better enemies than we've ever faced. Callus is taking that army that he's bringing with him to be the harbinger of the witness's doom. New armor. This is such a pivotal moment for Destiny. Everyone is coming to have a last stand with Callus and the Witness to really avoid the next collapse, something that we've been trying to avoid ever since Destiny 1. We see in the trailer that we're headed to Neptune, and on Neptune there's been this hidden city called Neomuna where an alternate version of humanity has been blooming since the collapse. Neomuna is the capital city of Neptune. It's a giant metropolis that we were completely unaware existed until now. 
What's interesting and exciting to me about this place is that it's pristine, it's new. It's not like a lot of the places that we've explored previously in Destiny. Exploring that space is very, very cool. There's so much new stuff to discover in Neomuna and in Neptune. And also I saw some new characters there. I'm really excited to get to know Cloud Striders and their story. So real quick. So um, we're obviously we're going to Neptune. Uh-huh. And there's been this whole thing about, in Destiny, there's this been, been this whole thing about the um, the edges of our solar system, right? So mm-hmm. what is the mm-hmm. furthest part of our solar system? And we've talked about heliopause and what does that mean? Why are the dead orbit so impressed upon things that are beyond our solar system and the great unknown, right? Yeah. So Neptune is the most distant planet in our solar system. And it's out there on the precipice of the heliopause. It's like, you know, it's, I mean, there's Pluto, which, you know, is out there. But anyway, Neptune is a very, uh, like important part of the solar system as far as distance goes it's also kind of small but um, the gravity on neptune most like earth which is weird interesting yeah and so it's got like really strong winds and it's like really cold obviously because it's so far away Uh, but when you go beyond neptune there becomes this huge question mark. What is gravity of our own system? So the heliopause is this unknown space of, you know, outside of our solar system that we don't, we still to this day don't have a hundred percent understanding of what's going to happen. If you took, if you took a ship basically and just started sailing out past, started going into the heliopause, we actually have a satellite that's just now in approaching the heliopod. And as it's going through the heliopod, it's still beeping back to us. Most of the onboard functions on that, on that, I'm sorry, not that, um, uh, you know, craft, spacecraft, whatever, uh, have failed, but it's still beeping. And as it's going into the heliopause, what they're noticing is that the transmissions that are coming back to us, those little beeps, the waves are starting to to distort and split and become really random. Um, and so what does that mean? It, it basically means that once you get out into the heliopause, uh, all rules of, of the universe start to be different, a little bit different. <laughs> and so that's going to be after light and dark. That's going to be like a, something that we have to accept. We're going to leave our solar system and all the rules are going to be different. Yeah, so I think as far as like a scientific explanation for like, um, you know, sci-fi world, what happens when you go out past the heliopause? We know that we're just ever spinning super fast away from each other in the galaxy. Like galaxies are spinning away from other galaxies, yada, yada, yada. Within the galaxy, we're a solar system, which is, you know, the galaxy is just a mega solar system, basically made up of millions of galaxies, yada, yada, yada. But within our explorable universe, our explorable habitable zone, the nearest planets, stuff like that, um, there are these great distances between them, and that is the heliopause. Like, that is what's beyond our solar system. And so to just play with that is really neat. And Neptune is, like, right there on that mm-hmm. edge. And so it's cool because the darkness is, you know, like, out 
past the heliopause and they were out past the heliopause and they were stuck until the light, you know, woke them up and now they're coming back. Yeah. Uh, about, about these guys here, the, uh, the cloud striders, um, you notice, Chad they have, well, you notice they have these like silver, uh, uh, what is it called? Uh, augmentations on their bodies. Um, if you were to pre-order the deluxe edition of, of Lightfall, you would already have access to a weapon that was disabled twice in two weeks. So it's it's yeah. going after Telesto's <laughs> title. Um That's a good weapon though. Yeah. And so you look at the lore on that that gun, the Quicksilver Storm, and you look at the ghost lore that I'm pretty sure comes with it. And they both kind of talk about um uh, the ghost talks about their silver and their silver and as such, uh, the Quicksilver Storm is this technology that comes from, is it Neo Muna? With an uh, <clears throat> yeah, I think it's Neo Muna. With an M? I think, I think so. Okay. Uh, it's, it's technology that comes from Neo Muna. And so not only does, does Quicksilver Storm and the Silver come from there, but Exo Strangers, and this is the name of it, Exo Strangers Puka, uh, which is not its name. It's it's like we have we have our ghost. She has her puka, and which implies yeah. there are other pukas. Yeah. So it's, which it's is really it, that's insane. That's insane all around. Just the idea. Of, yeah. That's just right there. That that's like throwing a wrench in the machine that is of destiny. We start yeah. throwing that out there. And so there's, there's going to be a lot coming in late fall. I'm really excited. But let's hear some more about these Cloud Striders. Well, real quick, real quick, just to say, uh, like, the whole Quicksilver naming convention. Mm-hmm. Um, Quicksilver, uh, the weapon, Quicksilver, uh, what was it, Quicksilver Storm? Mm-hmm. So obviously that comes from Neomuna and these people. Cloud Striders, so Storm. Yeah. Yeah, so they're playing with this idea. And then you have Quicksilver, which I don't know if you know what Quicksilver is, but most people do kind of have an idea. Yeah, Mercury. So Quicksilver is like this super fluid um, metal, and it's like almost a liquid metal. Yeah. Um, it's very toxic to humans. You can't like touch it yeah, because if it gets into your skin, it will go into your skin. Um, it can poison you. But uh, Quicksilver has often been a term used for Metals in a little... <laughs> yeah, and you can kind of see they have these like beads on their chests here that almost look like yeah. beads of mercury. Mercury, yeah, because that's what happens when you drop mercury onto yeah. the surface. It t- instantly rolls up into a little ball uh, that when you collect them back together, they make a big puddle. And then if you break them back up, they run into a bunch of little... And that's because of how the atmosphere and gravity all uh, manipulate the metal in its form it, it makes these little s- spheres everywhere but if you take uh, quicksilver and you apply it to a surface it often looks like a liquid um, metal that can just like float above any surface and almost clad it in this like liquid metallic state which is what these guys look like it looks like they're wearing mercury yeah. in a form so neat and they're like super strong yeah, and they have these like glider things by the looks of it on their back here, and this next one. 
Cloud Striders can be compared to Guardians. They're both protectors of a civilization that's potentially under threat. But Guardians were chosen. It's their duty to protect humanity. Cloud Striders have chosen to protect their people. There's like an awesome opportunity for the Guardians to learn from the Cloud Striders and their way of living and their philosophy of life. So we've got the newness of that city, the newness of the Cloud Striders that we've never been aware of. And then, of course, you get a glimpse of this green energy. <laughs> I wonder what that is. So I really like these uh, these art pieces for it. Um, is it kind of looks like it's trying to say that Strand is almost like it, it kind of looks like sound waves to me. Yeah. So before they get into the like definition of Strand, if you're looking at the images, you look at like just that picture in particular. If you look at the Titan, it almost looks like a canister is built on the back with a hose that comes in. Yeah. That would somewhat be reminiscent of almost a flamethrower or machine gun or something being fed, funneled by a canister on the back. Yeah. And so, like the Titans, historically in Destiny, the Titans have very have been very much like their super energy has very very much been rooted in like tangible things, very real life manipulatable. I don't know. If that's even a word. Things that can be manipulated out of real life. Uh-huh. Because I, I think for the most part, what they're trying to drive home is that Titans are the most grounded of the subclasses, while warlocks are the most like up in the air, you know, high crazy thoughts, you know, you know, thinking very much in the mind. Titans are very much in the feet. Then hunters are somewhat the heart of everything, right? So it's like this dynamic of of the, the spectrum of the class the sub you know, the subclasses and classes. And so if you look at the Titan's ability and then you look at compare it to the Warlock and the Hunter, you kind of see like what they're playing with. And Strand is. Yeah. So like the, the Warlock's mind goes out to their hands. So it's all a performance on how they manipulate the space in front of them, which is a very energy thing. Wait a second. Is that Titan? That's in the background. That's Zavala. Yeah, no, no. I know that's also oh. Zavala. Oh, 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 oh. The the world. Yeah. Is are they on Titan? Isn't isn't this up here the Arcology, with this crap so. coming off of it? Didn't the Arcology have that? Oh, maybe. So, do you think we're going to go to the Arcology and get Strand and then take it to Net or whatever? Well, I mean, if 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 Mars came back for Witch Queen, why couldn't Titan come back for Lightfall? Oh, that's a good. That's a good point. And Arcology has a lot, of really unknown stuff to explore there. The well, thing like the, that I the Arcology was kind of like the almost uh, most advanced planet we had access to. Yeah. So, okay. So real quick, the theory is we go to Neomuna. We learn how to unlock a, a part of ourselves that we run back to Titan on the Arcology and bring out this new subclass by using that new enlightened enlightenment that we learned. That's right. I wonder if uh, Zavala is with us for the first time that we get we access Strand, and I wonder if he will also access Strand. That's awesome. Well, the thing that I I 
think is interesting is we learned to unlock. We learned very much. It's funny because, okay, Strand is is not the poison subclass that we all thought no. we were going to get. Okay. And then in Witch Queen, what did we do in, during the Witch Queen season um, that was like the closest to Strand? We went into Savathun's mind. Hmm. And we were playing with mindscapes and, and these psychic energies and these ideas of, of uh, just manipulating what's around inside of a mind. And then that's what strand ends up being. Yeah. Is a, is a psychic energy unlocked, uh, being brought forward in the world around you, being able to reach in and grab things that aren't there by using your mind. So it's neat that it was there kind of all. Yeah. Cause it's, it's, it's one of those things where it's like, what comes first, the story or the gameplay. And in this case, if the story came first and it was like, okay, so we're going into Sabathun and we're kind of messing with her mind and, and about her getting her memories back and strand is all about this like psychic realm and, and things like that. It kind of makes sense that they were like, and then we'll have this ability and it'll kind of do things like this. And then it goes to like the gameplay side of it. And they're just like, that's too much. So we'll, <laughs> we'll still do it, but it's too much for witch queen. Yeah. It'll just become yeah. lightfall. And, and so like, this, so the other the other part of that is that we're facing we're we're faced up against you know the cabal again, um, but at the at the epicenter of those things was the scions and the scions yeah. are very noticeable from their one eye. This warlock has a yeah. um, but these this strand ability unlocks a third eye is what they said. So it's almost like getting into that psychic ability. Um, and then, so like, I wonder what that is. The the neat thing about the um, the scion is somebody pointed out how the tormentor looks almost like a scion face. I mean, I don't so I see that it. That, yeah, but I, I what I was saying is how interesting would that be if somehow there was some connection there with that whole. And I'm not saying that they're scions, but maybe. They had something to do with that whole race or a part of that whole thing. Yeah. Okay, let's. Strand is the new darkness power that we discovered. Look at that. Boom. Something that's unique yeah. about. Oh, that that was the one I was looking for. God Strand damn it. I'm sorry. Is the I wasn't ready. <laughs> power that we discover here. This one specifically makes me think of like sound specifically where it almost looks like. I don't know. It's just. It's almost yeah. like, um, I guess what it is, it's like, it's like a, like a God commandment where it's like anything they say becomes reality. What show had that? There was a show that had that where like the, the final villain, they were just like able to say what things became. It was like, you go to like throw something at them and they, they're like, it's a flock of, it's a flock of birds and it turns into birds and they fly, they fly away. They don't give a shit. And it was, that's kind of what Strand feels like, where it's almost like this, like sound, psychic sound energy that that like rewrites the rules based on your commandment. Now you're speaking like the killing word. Like the what? <laughs> the killing word in Destiny lore. <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. Though I think, yeah. and oh, oh my God. Okay, well let's let's. Yeah. Maybe we'll get to it. Maybe we won't. 
Okay. Something that's unique about Strand, unlike any of these other powers we've ever had before, when you play through Lightfall, you are discovering this power for the first time. No one in the universe ever in the history of Destiny has used Strand before. This is so we're going to get to it. Um, I disagree with that statement. I feel like no one should hold that statement to be 100% fact. Um, I don't think we're going to get to it just looking at the time. These, we, we, we spent a lot of time just like breaking down little things. Yeah, so maybe yeah. we'll do a part two of this um, and just like finish it off. But so effectively... What we're looking at here with Strand is that it's like this psychic thing and it's almost like the building block. Like there's like the psychic realm everywhere. Everything is built with Strand kind of like holding it together almost is how they, they phrase it. And it sounds exactly like what Oryx's daughters Irhalak and Irhanuk do as the Dreadnought is traveling through space, where one sits at the front and they're the Unraveler, and one sits at the back and they're the Weaver. And so the Unraveler basically unravels space in front of them. And then the Weaver, and then the Dreadnought cuts through it, and then the Weaver weaves it back together. And then... So, yeah, and I'm sorry, I, I just so, like, that's been a reoccurring theme throughout Destiny. Yeah. And so... The cool thing about that is the writers are honing in on this thing where they're using this this reoccurring theme to describe all of the paracausal abilities and um, powers that uh, we and all of our enemies share. Uh, yeah, and that's that's this ability to weave and stitch and cut the space around us. Yeah, use it. And so the cool thing about Urhalak and or Anuk is there she's She's unraveling the space around her, and then it's being woven back behind. But what's happening in the middle is they're creating this space for the hive, or for those particular you know entities in the dreadnought to exist yeah. without harm. Right? It's almost yeah. like taking the surroundings around you and then like flaying it apart, and then you have to stitch it back together behind you so that you've created this space, this protection space. Right. And so when they were like discovering that Oryx noticed it and who was like, Hey, Crota, you should go see what they're doing. And Crota goes to like, check out what they're doing. And what he does is he cuts through space and effectively lets Vex into the dreadnought. But it's like, so strand has always kind of been here and, and no, they weren't like hard air quotes using, using strand, yeah. but they were, uh, they were utilizing it. They were, they were making yeah. It's so a way to a, a way to wrap that up in a tiny bow is strand is a darkness power. Yeah. And what the hive were using was a darkness power. Yeah. So all roads lead to Rome. Yep. And so strand is something particularly strand is something that hasn't ever been used before, but it 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 is of the same source of power. Yeah. <laughs> And it's kind of oh, it's kind of crazy to say like no one in the universe of destiny has ever the witness hasn't used its own power. Yeah, <laughs> maybe it's just the the specific strand. The way that we're using it is probably very yeah. new. Yeah, I'll give them that. But it's no of one's the around to teach so... us. We don't have an extra stranger who's like I've used that before. Right. 
And so that's what's cool is because now it's kind of tapping into this, like, what have we learned? Yeah. Now, now we're able to do this particular, I mean, we're learning things, like, as we go. The Guardians are doing things that done before anyway. And, yeah. You know, this could all culminate to the fact that, you know, Guardians are something that we've speculated for years. It, it, it has yet to have been confirmed. the guardian discovering darkness on their own and yeah. learning how to shape it and manipulate it and use it against callus and his forces and you know have fun in the new urban environment of, of neo luna you are really going to have to prepare yourself for a wild ride we just got a glimpse of our new destination neo luna our new foe callus and the shadow legion paired with the witness and a very brief glimpse at Strand, but that's just barely scratching the surface of what this release has to offer. Right, like what, what we've just seen in that trailer is just the tip of the iceberg, and we've got a whole lot more we're excited to show you coming up. All is going to change the way that our players so move, skip ahead fight, here just and a little explore bit. everywhere in Destiny. Neptune is this fantastic destination. The capital city of Neomuna is a really fun place to explore, and it's this bright neon metropolis. There's a harbor, office buildings, an arcade. This is a city that we've made and using Strand to traverse machine. through it and explore it, it's it. going to be so exciting. There's some places that once you whip out that grappling hook, ooh, you're gonna be able to explore. Grappling hook, he said grappling hook. So, so you'll notice here, they're just kind of like tethered to space and I'll bring it up after they show it because they show it a bunch. Floor and get to places that you couldn't before. Look at but that up wanna, there. I, I wonder if I can grapple it. to there. I'm going to be a kid in a candy store. And you might've noticed there, they all used it once and it got them across the gap. And then they just kind of took their jump the rest of the way. They, they weren't yeah. Spider-Manning so, across. So maybe it's a charged ability. Well, it is. Um, there's there is evidence to say what it is, but we'll just. It's not a city that is collapsed. It is a city that has lived through the collapse. Neptune now has to deal with the cloak being pulled back and then being revealed to the world at are now central of the conflict. Callus has taken his capital ship and just like planted it right down in part of the city and it's cabal occupied territory. It's a city under siege. You've got this infiltrator vibe at times where you feel like a tactical team going into a skyscraper. You're dealing with cabal roadblocks and patrols all throughout the city. The Shadow Legion, they provide that like characteristic cabal brute strength. They're all about like volatility and power and they've been enhanced now by pyramid technology. They have these suppression devices that can take away some so uh, Cabal's suppression device here is being shot at by the Titan on the left. Um, this device is um, known as, it, the energy it's giving off is known as resonance. And we first saw it in um, Witch Queen. What? Uh, thought it was <laughs> Sorry, in Witch Queen to do with all the pyramid tech and stuff like that. Yeah. And then Rolk had it. And stuff like that. So this season, we actually have a uh, legendary uh, legendary ornament uh, companion for an exotic, the uh, Sin of Nezarek. And normally these companions, it's like the Vest of Orpheus gives a void effect. The Cloak of Bacchus gives a stasis effect. The um, 
the uh, curus of whatever uh, gives a an arc effect, but the Nezarek robes give a resonance effect. And so I haven't actually seen them, but this this should be the effect of resonance. This like orange orange glow kind of not the same or more of a yellow than the solar orange that we see think yeah, like stasis cool. and arc some of your super take away some of your abilities and then they fight alongside these terrifying new pyramid units called tormentors and so um just like i, I said before the tormentors have a similar um stru uh, color scheme structure here to the cabal it's different but this is just like we see on the uh the pyramid yeah as part of his and as rhino said they do have this like kind of central eye but i just don't see the psionic connection yeah <laughs> discipleship to the witness callus has been upgraded and so the tormentors that they've brought in are these impossibly huge unstoppable behemoths they wield scythes. They can attack from a distance. They can bring you in close. They can drain your very life force from you. They are basically embodiments of terror. It's like a boss character within the battlefield. Your stomach drops. You're like, okay, I'm playing through. I'm having fun. I'm popping heads, doing this thing. And then boom, there it is. <laughs> Ouch. So <laughs> this back here in the background on clearly on a pyramid this is a raid mechanic of uh vow disciple and i i I, re I recognized what the armor was it was they teased it on i don't want to go back looking for it but they teased one of the tormentor pre-alpha uh artworks it was a tormentor looking over a guardian wearing witch queen armor as opposed to the lightfall armor so it's like were tormentors uh, supposed to be in vow disciple that's funny We've got all the new stuff going into the game. Strand, Tormentors, Shadow Legion, a cool new environment. These are all a great setting for a new legendary campaign. And we're still making sure that we go through and we tweak and tune and we balance the encounters to have that right challenging level of difficulty for players. The legendary campaign was a huge hit coming out of the Witch Queen. It was the first time we had done that sort of elected difficulty where you could really test your skill and test your power. And so we're going to bring that back for Lightfall. Of course, you're still going to have that higher reward tier, and we still want to make sure that you get that inside track towards being raid ready. Everyone back in the studio is so hard at work on Lightfall, putting in the details and making this whole release come alive and continue to surprise and delight players. I am so excited to get this out. Lightfall is unlike anything players have seen before in Destiny, and it's another step that sends you hurtling to the conclusion of the light and dark saga. So we just saw them, uh, I, I believe it was a hunter, they, they latched their grappling hook onto a pillar and so when you have the grappling hook it is more of a grappling hook because it kind of pulls you towards it mm -hmm. but it looks like you have some control so you can kind of like be pulled towards but also a little away yeah so you get this like sweeping swing yeah and they were able to like loop around the pillar and then they go into a slam and 
and right now I paused it on the slam seems to have kind of Spider-Man webbed these fucking cabal into the air, like psychically, you know, it like suspends them in the space and time and just kind of, like, yeah. You know, um, so not in this footage that we have here today, but in other footage, uh, possibly uh, screenshots from the press kit, there was uh, evidence that the grappling hook is a new grenade ability, much like Solar has a healing grenade. Mm-hmm. So all classes will have this grenade ability, and you can have the grappling hook at the cost of your grenade. And hunters specifically appear to either have an exotic chest, uh, not chest piece, an exotic armor piece or an aspect that allows them to have two of these grenades because on a hunter, they had two charges and that would make sense because it was originally supposed to be theirs. That makes sense. And then then they just branched it out. I'm going to be so good with this grappling hook. But at the cost of a grenade, is it worth it? I mean, I, mean, I guess we'll be. see. I, it could be. Yeah. I, I I use grappling in Halo, all, and um, if you look where you're gonna go, where you want to go, it'll do this like boomerang sweep effect and let you just launch you out. Yeah. So like, I mean, if that's you can what tether it is. To certain, yeah. Wherever you want it to go, it'll 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 stick you there and bring you there. And there's actually a really cool scene that we're about to see. Come on. Amazing. I'm super excited to dive into Strand and talk about all the new stuff that we just saw. Strand, like Stasis, is a... Yeah. So, <laughs> just like the um, Shadow Dive, uh, uh, does Solar have a dive? Solar has a dive? Solar and Arc, they don't have a dive, but Stasis and Void do, right? Yeah, I think so. You mean um, Ground Pound? Yeah, so S- Strand has one as well that kind of just like s- the best example I have is like Psychic Spider-Man's these fucking yeah. enemies up in the air. It's almost like they're it's almost like they're hung like puppets or marionettes. You know? Yeah, it's like yeah, yeah. <laughs> suspended Pinocchios. <laughs> Power from the darkness. Unlike our light abilities, which are all about creation, darkness is more about consciousness. Strand is psychic energy that forms this extra dimension, this sort of matrix that connects everything together, connects all living beings and all minds. And you, the Guardian, are sort of gaining the knowledge and gaining the power to peer into this alternate psychic universe and begin to pull at these threads and tug at these wires that are connecting all these living beings. When Guardians learn how to use Strand, it's almost like this third eye opens up. It's about peeling back the curtain of reality, taking those connections and then weaving them into new objects. Yeah, and it's pretty cool to see them come together. Like, it's always been there. And now that we can tap into it, we can use it for our benefit, whether it's through movement or through damage. Strand has a grappling hook. Since you're seeing into this cosmic web, you are able to grapple at any point because the cosmic web that you can grapple onto the fucking train and the train will pull you. That's so awesome. Oh, no, and this is it. This is it. So you can actually see, I paused it at the perfect time. Uh, A hunter here used it and their grenade ability was taken and they have Uh, a second charge. I see it. 
So uh, for anyone watching, I'm just gonna hit back and we're gonna watch that actually happen again. You were able again. to grapple at any point because the cosmic so web grenade... exists everywhere. Yeah. Even if there's not an object there, it will hook on to that web and pull you forward. It's just taking that idea to the next level, yeah. putting that uh, that destiny, destiny spin, spin on it. Yep. The grappling hook That's initially crazy. started as part and see it actually has in this test environment that I'm assuming is a test environment because it's so like basic you can actually see it, it it was used and immediately recharged the hunter's kit right they're all about fluid movement rapidly traversing space and being very agile but as we were developing it's like oh man it's this feels like it's too much fun to to just keep it to one class right so we made the call to expand the super cool new ability across all three classes on the design side we wanted to come up with how each of the classes interpreted this additional psychic dimension, like in their own way, right? So the warlock, they're the telekinetic master of Strand. So they're gonna be able to telepathically reach into the Strand dimension, pull matter out and weave it into this big barrage of these Strand missiles. Wherever they land, these missiles are actually going to unravel, sort of reweave themselves into a new form. With the Titan, you're able to- Real quick. The new exotic uh, does the little missiles. Oh, the uh, Quicksilver Storm does little missiles? Yeah. yeah. Just thought that was a neat little words tie-in. Nice, yeah. Reweave themselves into a new form. With the Titan, you're able to weave these claws and do an area of damage around you spinning and slashing. Tasmanian <laughs> Devil. The super <laughs> I think I'm most excited for is the Hunter Rope Dart Super. The Hunter does a flip and weaves these strands into this rope dart and is swinging it as they're kind of moving around. That was, so real quick, that was one of the um, things that people are always like, what what could what could we possibly do next as far as like our ability stuff, you know, as far as like weapons because they've gone through the gamut of weapons you know swords guns grenade yeah. launchers you know rocket launchers all of these different like hammers uh we even have a freaking axe stuff like that and so yeah it's neat because this particular weapon the what did he call it the rope rope dart rope dart yeah it it's uh it's an actual weapon you know, yeah it's no it's it's very cool and i mean yeah. You look at the concept arts made by the community for poison subclasses. It was always this weapon. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> always. This is what hunters had. Yeah. The first time I saw that, even in its kind of like rough state, it just blew my mind. It does look pretty cool. We've learned a lot from creating our other subclasses, and we've taken those learnings about combat, about movement, about build crafting we put that all into strand and i'm so excited to see where players take it once it's out there in the wild and so i saw a lot of comparisons to strand warlock being just nova bomb but i think what this once this right out here there in the wild. Uh, really redefines it because it's it's so wide and so different in how it moves and how it operates it wasn't nova bomb at all Destiny is a game that gets even better when you play with your friends. We want to create communities. So, uh, 
I think we are at a point where let me. I mean, that's the crux of it, you know. Yeah, I mean, because the cool I, stuff, but that goes into like the play style. Not really I gave myself um, that are welcoming and. I gave myself the. I'm still I'm still recovered from being sick, so I didn't I didn't get all the show notes, but that was the point that I got to, of like what we absolutely need to watch, and we are we're I mean we're not like at our time, but we're coming kind of coming close to our time, so I don't want to get into something else that could just go further and be I'm pretty sure what that was gonna go into was the um, LFG. LFG. And that's not really important for what we're here to talk about. Right. So I just figured it was a good a good place to jump out for now. And then we can review the rest and then maybe we'll do a part two. Otherwise, we'll just talk about some of the, the very cool season of the plunder things that are happening. Like the um, artifacts that we're collecting. But so we'll say that we'll definitely say that for an, another episode. Uh, what did you think about this showcase? Um, I mean, it's definitely re invigorated the hype around destiny i think this whole game is all about you know the hype of the yeah. next thing coming it really yeah. is yeah so witch queen paid off in like really big big ways in uh story engagement player engagement just routine uh, ability to keep playing stuff like that uh really set a bar and so i'm hoping now that they've got a whole new area and a whole new people and a whole new, you know, subclass to go with it. I hope that they fall. I hope they follow that path that Witch Queen did because when we got stasis, that was a big event too. But yeah. when we got stasis, it was almost like it slotted right into the fold that is destiny that had been destiny all along. Here we go. New uh, explorable place. Just go with your bounties, get this thing done, do the thing, and repeat. When Witch Queen came out, it was very much, no, hey, you got all these cool things you can do. Um, so yeah. I'm hoping it becomes like an amalgamation of the two, which would be Beyond Light and Witch Queen. Uh, the the best of both worlds just combined in one, one big expansion. Yeah, no, I, I really agree. Witch Queen really like redefined what an expansion could be. And I'm really looking forward to Lightfall. And I'm really hoping, my biggest hope is that it seems like they're going to do it is with Lightfall. They're going to get away. They're going to do away with uh, the power level grind. Because there's no need for it. Please. It's 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 so it's weird. to be done. If it, because we're, we're kind of sitting in the middle. You know, we, we don't exist in a game where power level actually matters or doesn't matter. It's like. It's you either have a game where it's like you get so strong that the things that you fought at the beginning now die just by looking at them or the game just determines it for you. And it's like you get so strong that the things there are things that kind of stop you, but not because of like skill. I don't know. It's just weird. It's like, no, 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 no. You're, you're, I think you're tapping in on the very, very specific thing that I've been crying about all this time. It's not just me. It's just a lot of people, <laughs> a lot of people like me uh, in the past, but yeah. the very, the very thing that separates the community is you have uh, an elite player base who have attained all of this power and, 
um, ability to one-shot all of these people. So it, if you're a new player jumping in, you either have to align with these people that are veterans, and, and they already got their little sub-communities that they've built up. So you're either jumping in on there. But what if you're a highly skilled player and you want to play Destiny, but yeah. you haven't spent a million hours playing it, so you don't have all of this stuff, right? You don't have these... All of these things that make elite players elite, you know, um, this gives an opportunity. If they do that, this would give them an opportunity to allow everybody to just jump in, play as easy or hard as they want to, instead of, oh, I want to play as hard as I can so that can make the game super easy. And now it's boring. Or I want to play as, you know, I don't ever want to play. And so when every time I come to the game, I just get frustrated because everything's too hard. You know, it's like. Yeah have this world this this game be something that you can elect to make it difficult instead of the other way around in order yeah. to make it easy i've got to grind and, and i i think there i think there are like inherent activities that deserve like it's just because you you have like patrol spaces and it's like so the patrol space that i went to for the first time ever at like power level 0 the enemies there were enemies that I couldn't even touch and it felt points. good. <laughs> it felt good yeah. to like ascend to a point where it's like, Oh, and now I can attack you. Now I can hurt you. But then you turn around and you're like, and those enemies who are on level with me, it's time for, Oh, you can still hurt me. And it's like, well, well then what was it? It's yeah. So now it's like you've, you know, curbed, you've, you've nerfed it to where the elite player base is still challenged. You know, because yeah. it's constant. It's constantly that battle that what they always it's it's um, flow state. Yeah. In a nutshell, so flow state. It's even in the lore. <laughs> and it, but flow flow state is when the challenge and the skill are in that perfect nexus point to where you're wanting to stay playing. Yeah. If the, if the challenge is too high, if the skill level is too low, yada yada yada, and, you get frustrated. And I think they've, I think they've kind of got it with that, where like, you know, the legendary campaign was super fun, having a little extra challenge on it, and I really, I really like that. But it, where it really becomes a sticking point for me is because like last night in the raid, uh, your yesterday I was raiding, and you know, a new strategy was developed, and it was like, all right, so instead of using, uh, Wardcliffe coil on the daughters, uh, Iranok and Haluk. We're gonna have one person run uh, Divinity, one person run Gallarhorn, and everyone else on Legendary Rockets, because it just annihilates them. It like absolutely does. Uh -huh. okay. But so how? No, I said wow. Oh, okay. I was gonna. I would, I would explain how if you were asking how. Um, it absolutely annihilates annihilates them. But now I'm in this predicament where I'm like, all right. I need to infuse something. So I need to have the material, which I constantly run out of, but I, I did have the material, the upgrade modules. Um, I need to have the material to upgrade. And I also need to have something I'm willing to get rid of. So it incentivizes me hoarding and it incentivizes me like needing to have so many things. It's like, I have a legendary uh, rocket that yeah, I like, I but it's, I haven't used it since beyond light because yeah. Legendary rockets were never really that necessary, right? You know, so it it just kind of, I was like, I don't yeah, have anything. 
it's a whole other problem yeah that's that's where that's where the real sticking point for me is it's it's like it feels it feels weird to have to ascend in power but then also be told you're not actually ascended in power because those basic dregs can still kill you just as effective maybe not just as effectively but they still can't they still are lethal but i do like that i do like that they're still lethal (laughs) but and then be told oh but your weapon wasn't there man so now you're back to grounds now you're now they're actually stronger than you it it ignores all of the accomplishes i've made and that's what it is i think for me with the new because they have a guardian rank system coming up where it's like do the campaign do the i'm imagining do the campaign do the campaign on legendary do this lost sector do this raid and if it was like these are the accomplishments and it's like these are your power levels and it's like okay well you did the campaign that puts you up to here and you did it on legendary that gives you a boost or you did the campaign over and over and over and over and that gives you a boost or you did strikes over and over and they give you a little boost little boost little boost little boost put on whatever the hell you want i'd be much happier with yeah there you go that's 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 the exact problem uh that i see too and 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 the thing that bothers me the most and i'm sorry to be so critical I'm I'm just an analytical critical person. But one of the things that that is is frustrating for players um is that's not transparent. Yeah, and it like isn't. where where in the world did they ever explicitly tell you in order to do these things you do this and this is what's happening behind the curtain. They don't make that known until you're just playing and then you're like, oh, I see what's going on. Now I'm starting to get like I get a plus one because I did the thing or I get a a plus one because, you know, I I increased my power and I did the campaign or, oh, my God, that was I had to do this difficult challenge in order to unlock that one plus one or whatever. And so that curtain, that that thing has always been behind there and it's not it's not been something that's just explicit and so when you're playing running around in circles and you didn't do it in the right order and you didn't maximize your your time efficiency you get really frustrated because you're like well now i got to go back and do those three things again just to get that that one thing i didn't get yeah to be on par with everyone else to be a viable uh player to be somebody worth taking into a raid or like I'd rather just have XP levels. If that's yeah. the easiest answer, just give me XP levels and every season like up it by five or ten and every expansion up it by fifty or a hundred. And yeah. there you go. And that all your I weapons like, uh, and armor are just weapons and armor. All you care about are their stats. If it's a garbage roll, get rid of it. It is not don't put it in your vault. Don't save your blues like I used to do. My vault yeah. is full because it's full of garbage. Yeah, mine too. Mine was. I deleted everything. I need I to. Rid of it. I got sick and tired of having to um, constantly make sure I had room for things. And so yeah. I was like, forget it. I'll just annihilate everything and start. I, I've gotten to the because, point where I'm making room for the things that I'm, yeah. like, I'm making room for more infusion material. And it's. Yeah. And that's and that's what the collections tab is ultimately for. If I like really, really, really want that dumb weapon, I can go just reprint it out of the collections tab and then just reinfuse it if it's reinfusable. But re re up it and uh, do that kind of thing. Some things though are just completely locked out, and yeah. you can't even reprint them. So that really sucks. But but 
I like what you're saying. I like the idea of being able to go on patrol and it just be like just as hard for the vet as as it is for the new guy. And um, yeah. if you want to make and, it harder, and, you can and, elect, you know, make it make it a choice for it to be harder too. Like Yeah, that's yeah. what I'm saying. Like yeah, elect like, to be harder. Uh, I like I like that kind of build uh because I'm a Halo nerd and yeah. and in Halo if you want to make it difficult you can you just make it harder by adding And it's story. like the system's already there, you know, like uh, yeah. Nightfalls have it. The system's already there where it's like chance at exotic, uh extremely rare, chance of exotic yeah. rare, chance of exotic uncommon, chance of exotic common. Yeah. Exotics can drop from anywhere. You can kill a dreg a thousand times and get an exotic. But yeah. what if the dreg was much tougher and it becomes uncommon to get an exotic instead of extremely rare? And it's just like, yeah, but those dregs are going to kick your ass. You have to be really good and know what you're doing. And Boom. they have shields now, like whatever they want to do. It's yeah, like you could put on a modifier to make patrol spaces much more difficulty, but yeah. your chance of uh, drops is much higher or your chance of worth worthwhile drops is much higher. Whatever I'm trying to say, yeah. like, Make the difficulty something you can carry with you just by, you know, toggling a node or, you know, whatever it is. Like if you toggle grounded or if you toggle blah, blah, blah. It's it's just like skulls in Halo. If I want to make it to where I have no radar, I can make it no radar and the game is instantly harder. Yeah. Anyway. anyway. Well... I think that's going to be it for our show this week. Do you have uh, any any closing statements? Um, no, just, I mean, we could recap, you know, just what's going on with, with the strain and the cloud striders and, oh yeah, whatever you have to say. Yeah. So, I mean, just to, to like reemphasize where we're headed and the little nuggets that destiny loves to drop on us. Um, this season's all about pirates and stuff like that. So the plunder, we can dive into that on another episode because we've got plenty of weeks to explore that and new lore is happening, uh, weekly too with that but looking forward to the future just on these um this reveal and what they were talking about psychic energy and how we're attaining a a power ability that no one has used before stuff like that to go with the overarching theme that is of destiny um one of the things that i wanted to point out and i know i've brought it up before because it's like one of those things that i repetitively talk about is the idea of fate destiny's destiny has told us that from the very beginning guardians create or make their own fate right Um, yeah but one of the things that they never told us is could we control it so you can make your own fate but can you control it like that's always been the question um and so yes we make our own fate we we the decisions we make today dictate the fate that is tomorrow Um, whether or not we can control that line that thread that weaving of fate is up to us and what we do now dictates what happens to us later uh and that that happens inside the game that happens outside the game with the community Uh, very much a lot of the things that happen inside the game or the changes that are being made are made by the players so we are all integral integral to the um creation of destiny as a whole uh but where does the thing where does this fate come from and why is it ever present in destiny and i think that's what we're finding out now you know you brought up Urhalak and Urnuk, 
weaving and stitching and then, you know, Crota cutting with this big old mm-hmm. sword. The fates are the Morai. And I say this all the time. The fates are the three goddesses that dictate yeah. what happens within reality. Uh, anything that has to do with the threat of life, there is these three entities that are ever present and involved. And the guardians have three entities that are always present and involved. You have Titan, Hunter, Warlock. You have in the Vex, they stitch and weave and throw needles through time. Uh, in the Hive, they do very much the same thing. So our enemies all have this capacity and this ability within them to manipulate the the uh, paracausal, using paracausal abilities in, in a way to stitch, weave, and cut the thread that is the fabric of time, space, and creation. Yeah. And so that's the fate that we're that we're playing with it's your destiny destiny is a is a you know pseudonym for fate and and i I just like to see that i just like to see that and i like to see that the strand is really tapping into that psychic energy that we've kind of learned to tap into now or we will learn to tap into um and so destiny has been planting these seeds ever since its inception that one day we will be able to manipulate the very fabric of reality. Yeah. It's interesting that it's a dark power. I know, <laughs> but there you go again. I mean, like I say it all the time, Ulantan was woke, you know, he, he knew without light, without dark together, constantly in this struggle, there is no power. There is no, I, don't, I mean, it sounds, it sounds stupid. Cause it's like, Killing the Traveler doesn't eliminate all light, does it? Like, light still exists without the Traveler. At least in my opinion, it would. Right. Well, you know, and just like the the, the game, the flower game, you know, that we learned uh, about our, 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 <laughs> we're, 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 we're not in charge. You know, we're merely players on, on the, on the board. Uh, but, you know, the darkness and the light are the two, entities that are you know in the game now and you know it's like the chase is on yeah so if 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 darkness wins uh then there's nothing right yeah if if the light wins then it's you know peace and i mean it's not peace but it's constant (laughs) you know what happens when the light wins it's not good no, I know. It's well, awful. it's not. It's just existence perpetuated. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, forever. Yeah. Well, okay. When, if the light, I mean, assuming that the nine told us the absolute truth, if the if the light had its way, everyone would exist for eternity as as cancer ridden beings that just want to die. <sighs> I know. Well, so and this is this is the this is the argument point. Like the the writers are obviously wrestling with some very um, high-minded concepts, <laughs> but the idea that creation and evolution and growth all happen through suffering and pain and constant uh, you know torment, whatever. Uh, 
those those beautiful things that happen are only beautiful when you weigh them against the horror. So yeah, it's a very bleak, disgusting idea uh, that the light could somehow be uh, the you know the um, what do you call it the usher in of all of that uh, suffering. Um, yeah. But existence existence is you know existence is the fundamental force of creation you know is the survival the the will to exist is in the matter of our universe and that is a proponent that causes atoms to bind together that causes you know neutrons and protons to orbit and create cells and create the universe that's swirling and blowing up around us so all of these things um are very much in the fabric of reality until entropy until the heat death of the universe happens. Yeah. <sighs> would never happen if the light had its way. Yeah. Well, there you go. Well, that will be our show for this week, then. And our next show will be on September 18th. And it really needs to be, because... After that one, uh, the one after that's going to be the 16th is the soonest I can do. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Which that's, that is a leap. So I'm sorry about that one. So then the next show will be on the 16th. Yeah, so if we don't do the 18th, we need to do the 25th because then the, it's going to be a bit of a leap. For oh, me. I see what you're saying. I yeah, it's gonna saying. it's gonna go to the 16th on as my first available Sunday because those those next the second and the ninth of October I'm gonna be very busy. Uh. And also, it shouldn't be the 25th. I can't do the 25th either. It needs to be the 18th. We can't miss it. Okay. So then the 18th. Okay. We're going to be there. As as Be there know. or be square. Yeah. Well, our next show will be the 18th. We're probably going to be talking about Season of the Plunder. Maybe we'll have more showcase. Maybe they tease some things in Season of the Plunder's uh, showcase video. Hope so. That has not come up yet. Um, I've been hearing a lot of interesting theories about... Uh, where this season is going so I'm hoping next week we get some more concrete evidence and we can talk about that so well there's some cool things coming up too in Festival of the Lost yeah and Festival of the Lost is going to be well that's going to be after the 18th right because yeah, yeah. it's not starting right no 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 so I'm just okay. saying like so like we could very much be seeing Season of the Plunder kind of giving us a little bit of glimpses in that too so do you think we're going to get a new lore book for festival or are we just going to be like, if you didn't finish it last year you can finish it this year. I hope not. I hope we get a new one. I mean, we have some new um, armor to look forward to. So that's cool. I mean, we remember the armor. Yeah, but this is going to be the theme that we all voted on. Which one is it? It's the, um, uh, we didn't get Robotron again. We got, Oh yeah. It's the Gundam. Yeah. Yeah. I wasn't, Hunters got screwed on this one. <laughs> no, Hunters got good either way. The That's Fortnite why I didn't care. One is the same thing. Oh, the Fortnite one. That's true. Damn it! I didn't even realize that until just now. 
Yeah. We got one like season. Crap. We have this one season where hunters basically get two varying styled Gundams. Yeah. Yeah. Good and good I name. mean, I would be more into the Gundam if it was symmetric. I'm I'm tired of the asymmetric hunter armor. I get it. Bungie's like, hunters have asymmetric armor. And it's like, yeah, but sometimes they can't. Okay. Sometimes they shouldn't. <laughs> Every fucking time. Like, like the the solar arm from last season, they have that one side that has like the flames coming yeah. out, and I'm like, oh, that's awesome! And then I turn it around, and I'm like, oh, well, never mind. It'd be cool if you could choose. Yeah. All right. Well, we did it. That's our show. Uh, bye, everybody. Bye. <laughs>